Welcome, everybody, to the fourth installment of the Puck Talk Live podcast. I'm Logan Rosengarten. With me on the call, as always, we got Noah Foster and Rafi Serafian. Boys. Of course. Now, I got I got an opening question for you guys. How are you? Yeah. That's a, that's Very a, that's interesting. It's a, a stellar question. Um, I know. You know, it's not too bad. Uh, college process is is clearing up more. I'd say we're we're getting to the light at the end of the tunnel. So, I'd say how close are you to uh, figuring out your decision, Ruff? I'd say we're in the final four. All right, that's what I like. And, to I, hear. and and a lot of people will probably be proud of that because I haven't heard the words "final four in a while because March Madness is gone, sadly. Oh. Well. I'm I'm glad to hear that, Ralph. Noah, I am also doing well. College process is, you know, it's getting there. I'm in the championship, the final two, so sure. a bit farther along than Rafi. But if if I may ask both of you guys, because I already know what I'm doing next year, I will be a uh, Kansas Jayhawk. Who? Uh, what's it coming down to? If I may ask, Rafi, go ahead. Uh, I'll give you my final four, but decision is to be determined. Of course. Of course. It's locked away in the safe. Um, we're down to Michigan State, Iowa State, U of I, and I think Illinois, Chicago. Mm. Right? All right. Yeah, I think Very those are my four. Or I'd sure, say Minnesota, sure. maybe. I don't know. Noah? I'm down to the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Purdue University. Purdue, really? Ooh, good head-to-head matchup. Boilermakers. Indeed. That's or- an interesting. Huh. Boilermakers or Badgers? You don't hear a lot of people going to Purdue from our class, as far as I know. There's a lot yeah. of engineers. A lot of engineers. There are a lot of engineers, but a lot of people aren't going to Purdue. I know. Correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, Noah. I think I only know of like two people. I think so far. I know three or four. I'd say. All right, Rafi's more popular than I am, so Jeez. I guess he's gonna not. I, I won't argue that point. Well. <laughs> In the meantime, I think, I think it's got, time we. Ooh. I say yeah, it's about right. time we get back into it. We get I back think, into the show. Time. Yeah. Sometimes you lose Noah, track, so let's kick it off. Noah, why don't you run us down what we're going to be talking about today? So we got two very interesting topics today. We're going to be talking about the trophy predictions. Obviously, with the season paused and maybe not returning in this nineteen twenty season, we're going to be going over our three predictions for a bunch of different individual trophies. Got the Hart Trophy, Vesna, Calder, all sorts of different trophies you can think of. And we're talking a little bit about uh, free agency forward specifically and what's coming up in this year's free agent with the UFAs and RFAs. And then we'll be getting into a little bit of jersey talk. No, not New Jersey. Jersey talks is in what the teams wear. We talk about what makes a good jersey and our best and worst jerseys from this past season and from seasons before that. No, that's really funny. I appreciate that joke. It was (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, Rafi, you don't got to call him out flat on the floor like that. Rafi definitely did not come up with that one before. I did. did But you executed it very well, so I'll give you credit for that. Great execution. All right. Fair enough. So we're going to start off with our trophy predictions. Let's start off with the big one the MVP, the Hart Trophy. Now, this one, I know Logan has some very uh, strong opinions that we've probably talked about on this show. Yep. But for those of you who either missed that show or don't remember, Logan, why don't you run us down on your opinion of who should win the Hart Trophy this year? So, I've done some thinking. If this season were to end how it were to end, Uh, I might have to change my bid for the heart. However, really, however, that does not mean I am not off the Jack Eichel for heart bandwagon. That does not by any means mean that I am off Jack Eichel for art heart bandwagon. Oh, that's cute. Having sat down with myself and my internet, I have decided that upon further review, Leon Dreisaitl is more likely not than not going to win the heart this year. No. 
So, so you still want you want Eichel to win, but you don't think he will. I think Jack Eichel deserves it S- significantly more than any other contender. However, uh, my, my if I had to put money money down for a bet, my chips would go to Leon Drysdale of the Edmonton Oilers. So I want to pose the question now: If Buffalo, let's just say hypothetically that Buffalo does but actually for the whole season and is in a solid playoff spot. Let's say they're the three seed in the Atlantic right now. Is Jack Eichel okay. your heart winner? No. Okay. Really? You still think Leon Dreisaitl? Think about it. And, and and I know Rafi and I can attest to the, or Yeah, Rafi and I can attest to this. We both severely underrated Leon Dreisaitl going into the season, knowing yes. that he wasn't going to play on a line with McDavid. We both said that he was going to get under 75 points. Under 72 and points. And he is the lead league leader. He's the only player to have 100-plus points right now. He has 110 points. Jeez. Thank you. I was off by He's it. the only player in the league to reach the 100-point mark to, the, you know, to where the league uh, suspended because of the coronavirus. He's the only player to do it. He has surpassed everyone's expectations of him not playing with Connor McDavid. Arguably, he is he has played significantly better than Connor McDavid this season. I'm saying it, and I think for that reason, he is going to get the heart. And I think a key test testimony to that too was Connor McDavid when he got injured in mid February, where he was out for two weeks, and Edmonton was still winning games. They still looked really good during that two week period when McDavid was hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good attestment to that. I uh, that that. On the money, I mean, those two weeks really, really put I think his name in the in the lead of the other uh, contenders of McKinnon. You can, yeah, I, I'm gonna say Panarin is now a contender. I'm gonna say Pasternak's a contender, but I think it is Leon Drysdale. Yeah, and you brought up you you brought up my person with uh, Nathan McKinnon, and we were just on that topic about injuries. And when you have to look at it, Gabriel Landeskog only played 54 games out of the 70-something games that the Avalanche have played. And then you have Miko yes. Rantanen, who missed like three months. He's 42 games played. Yep. They're both huge contributions to that first line. And when you just have Nathan McKinnon for that period of time, he still has 93 points in 69 games. He's been, he's been playing nice. out of control. He is the reason why the Avalanche right now are in that are contending for the one seed in the Central. I don't know, but... The, I feel like Nathan McKinnon had more on his back and was able to deliver more than Leon Dreisaitl had to this season. You can make that argument. I don't agree with it, but you can make it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dreisaitl has been playing out of his mind, right? And you write about those two weeks that really proved that he's a superstar. And I will say that uh, McKinnon has definitely had put a lot on his back with the Avalanche. And I've hopped on the Avalanche bandwagon uh, since the start of the season, I had picked them to win the cup. So I'm, I'm a big fan of McKinnon. And I think, I do think, like Logan said, if I was a betting man, I would bet on Drysaddle to win the heart. But I think a really big dark horse, like you mentioned, Logan, is Artemi Panarin, mm-hmm. who's played absolutely fantastic on the New York Rangers, who are now sitting, I believe, just outside of a playoff spot, um, or extremely close to one, way closer than anybody thought. It was a very fast rebuild for them once they acquired Panarin. Now, because of, how, because of how tiebreaker procedure works, they're technically behind Columbus, although yeah. they have four more wins total than Columbus does and two more wins than uh, the team ahead of them, the Islanders, do. But continue. Yeah. yeah, so Panarin has been playing extremely well. He has, in 69 games played, he has 96 nice. points, uh, which I believe is fourth or fifth in the entire NHL. And I know that Dreisaitl has, what, 15 more points than Panarin. Mm-hmm. But also Dreisaitl is playing, you know, with, I'd say on a better, I'd say the Oilers are a better team than the Rangers. And it's Which is true, that get, is true. It's easier to get more points on a better team. So I'm not saying that, um, I'm in saying no way that Dreisaitl is, like, given those points for free, he's a fantastic player. But I think that Panarin, you should watch out for Panarin as a dark horse candidate 
for the heart this year and in years to come, honestly. Yeah, and I, and I'd for sure, yeah, I'd for sure put Panarin in my top three. If I had to put a top three of heart candidates right now, it would go. It'd have to be, of course, Tricidal, but when you have a show with three people and you're expected to debate, you, you kind of have to choose someone who's not the main goer. So I like McKinnon still a lot. I'm not going to take away from that. I'm going to hold on to that for a while. But Dreisaitl, yes, I got proven wrong really badly. He's been amazing, so he'd have to be in the top three too. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, that three spot would have to be Panarin just for what he's done to the Rangers this season. And there's arguments that, oh, McDavid, oh, Pasternak too. I love Pasternak so much, but I don't see how – it's hard to put a player on a really good team – and give them the heart when they're on such a dangerous first line and on such a great team in general. Like the Bruins are such a good team. And it's, I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of the heart. If you give it to a great player on a great first line, I feel like Kucherov was a different story last year. Cause he basically has the most point. He has one of the most points scored in this era. So, I mean, it kind of made sense that he'd win it for that. And Stamkos was out for a while too last year. So he just had the team on his back, but I think it's, we've come to a time period in the candidacy where it's hard to really give – where a team, a player carrying a team is more valuable than a player on a really good first line producing a ton of points. Yeah, I don't think there's much debate about that. Yep. That... I think we – I'm not sure about Logan, but I know Rafi and I agree on this next one, the Norris. For best defenseman, I, I'm with you guys, John Carlson, hands down. Yeah, he's yeah, just been. I don't, I don't really. I, yeah, he's been fantastic. It's not much of a, a debate between professional analysts. It's not much of a debate between us. It's, it seems pretty. There, obvious. there hasn't really been a defenseman this year that has shown as much capability on the blue line as John Carlson has this mm-hmm. season. Absolutely. Now you can make the case that oh, there's certain you know specialty type defenseman you know you have your offense you, Morgan Riley despite the fact that he was injured always has a shoe in for the Norris the last couple of seasons you know you can make your case that uh you you should value a defensive defenseman over uh not looking at points defensemen's like no exactly. like I, I think all of us can agree I at least I think we can because I know we were on in it on the same page earlier in the season before he got injured Dougie Hamilton was on track to win the North he was definitely a candidate I, I wouldn't say he was a winner Put him I, up there. I, I'd say Seth Jones also before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think I, I think the three finalists this year, in no particular order of you know where I think they're going to go in terms of voting, uh, Carlson, Roman Yossi, and do we see Mark Giordano get back to back? No, he was. I, I wouldn't he, say them. I, I think, think so. Seth Jones and, and uh, Hamilton and Yossi have all been. Better defensively than Giordano. Giordano's a great defenseman still, and he's like 35, which is I insane. Agree. I agree. But this season... I think Kale McCarr. I, think I, Kale I McCarr say I wouldn't the, be shocked if he receives a few votes. I would not be shocked. I don't think he'd be top three, I but I think I think no. he or Quinn Hughes could sneak Maybe. in with a vote or two. Yeah. I really, I really think that the two of them, specifically Kale McCarr, I mean, Kale McCarr has shown his showed his his offensive capabilities last year from the blue line. And this year was no different, racking up, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he has something like 30 assists, I want I'd to say, say. I'd say he's up there, um, yeah. Let me check this real quick so that I'm not going insane. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got 38, actually. Yeah. 38 assists? Yeah, 38 assists. Yeah, he is second in uh he's second on the team leaderboards behind Nathan McKinnon, 20 behind Nathan McKinnon. And that's McKinnon. a big thing. The kid has 38 assists in his he has 50 points in his first year as a rookie, 38 coming off of helpers from the blue line. That is huge. Yeah. If he's a 40 point if he's a 40 point 40 assist defenseman his first full season in the league, I cannot wait to see what this kid can do in his yep. prime. And that's a I huge role too. Here, I'll go, and then I'll throw it over to you, Noah. I think yeah. it was a huge part, too, when Mika Rantanen and Landis got missed time that a guy like Kale McCarr stepped up, and it shows the leadership, too, in my opinion, that he was able to come into this big role and be able to produce points on every night and help McKinnon out. Noah? So I think with all this discussion, we can just move right into the Calder for the best, um, for the best rookie. And Logan, it seems you're pretty dead set on – 
Kale McCarr. Rafi, I'm not sure about you. I, I would give it to either it him like or you, Quinn Hughes. Like you well, It'd either be him or Quinn Hughes. How about you, Noah? You really? You, you don't think uh, – I, I just want to ask you. You don't think Dominic Kubelik – bias aside, you don't think Dominic Kubelik has any sort of – I think he gets, I he think gets he votes. He, yeah, I agree with Noah. He gets I th- votes. I think, he, I think he's one of the final nominees. I think yeah. he's definitely top – he finishes for sure top it. five in the voting, but – I think part of it is the age factor that he's 23, 24 years old. But I also just also. Artemi Panarin was 24. Kale McCarr's 24. Kale McCarr is not 24. Yeah. Kale McCarr's. He was a junior in college last year. I'm pretty sure he's 23. No way he's 23. I think he's 20. I'm telling he's, you. He's 21. Yeah, You're 20, right. 21. Yeah, I but... thought so. Um, and then Quinn Hughes is 20 or 19. It's turning 20. So I just think what yes. they've done for their teams as a defenseman too. I I just think that they just absolutely are the top two contenders. I I I honestly can't choose between them. I'd say if I could, I'd give both of them it. I'd say Kubali gets votes. I'd say I wouldn't be shocked if we see Kirby Doc getting like a vote or two. Nothing like severe, but I I'd say he gets a little bit of props. Um, Kako gets a few votes as well. Hughes probably just for his name. So I'd say it'd be it's gonna be Hughes and McKinn Carr for sure in the top two. Then I'd say there's Kuba League, and then I'd say like people who got drafted this last uh draft pop up have a few names, but that's how that's how I'm kinda yeah. seeing it shape out at the moment. I think if I think if we're ranking the uh votes, I think in in this order, Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, I'm talking the top mm-hmm. five right now. Kale McCarr Quinn Hughes, Dominic Kubelik, Adam Fox from the New York Rangers. Is Natius? What about Natius? And, Mar- and Marty Natius. Is, yeah, is this his first? Eligible. Is this, okay, yeah. So This is his first full season. He never had his um, – I don't think he had his I don't think so either. And burned yet. So regardless, to say about him qualifies. too. You, you can attest to him, yeah. I believe, that he's been really good for that Carolina team. He did. He did cool off in the latter half of the season, but he's still a he's still a force in the lineup every night. Love watching him. Arguably, him and Svechnikov are going to tear it up uh, for the and future. And I was like twenty two, twenty years old. Yeah. Oh, Teravainen, Teravainen, Natchez, Svechnikov. They've right. got okay. Regardless, okay. I don't want to have to go okay, on a rant right. about this. But, but come on now, yeah, but. Yes. I think that's I think we all can agree though I that Calder will be very interesting. Noah, I honestly I don't know if Makar is such a shoe in for the first for the for the uh, for winning the Calder. If you look at Quinn Hughes' stats, he has he doesn't have that many goals, but he leads rookies in assists. Mm-hmm. He leads rookies in assists and points. Yes, that's over Makar, and his he's on the power play quite a lot actually. He's got twenty. He's got 25 power play points. That's an alliteration. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, so he's he's actually a fantastic offensive defenseman that I think a lot of people are overlooking mm-hmm. for winning the Calder. I don't know if he's going to win it. I think it's honestly too close to call between Makar and Hughes. But I think that he has a genuine shot at taking over uh, for the number one spot when everyone in the, the season was all like, oh, it's Makar for sure, Makar for sure. But I don't, I don't know if it's that so that if that's so sure. I think right we now. both, we all can agree that those two players have really stepped up to be their the both teams' respective number one defensemen. They have, and there, there's not a lot of great defensemen on either team. You have Gerard for, and you have Eric Johnson for the Avs, who who are good, good top four guys, but no, nothing really special. And then you have over in Vancouver, you have Chris Tanev, you have. Tory Stretcher, who's been pretty good the last few seasons. So neither team really has that like power duo or that power defenseman that's been like that main guy, like how we had Keith for so long. They they really did both they really did bolster their And I think it shows too in the playoff race right. too that you have both teams, Vancouver and the Avalanche, who are looking to possibly get into Avalanche in the playoffs and then Vancouver looking in really close to the playoffs. So I think both defensemen, regardless of who wins, the Calder has a very good career ahead of them, and both teams should be very happy with how they drafted. Can't agree. 
So, moving on to the Art Ross, that is a league leader in points. Leon Drysdale is significantly ahead of mm-hmm. the pack. We don't see anyone that's going to catch up to him. I think that's that's enough on that. Yeah. Correct, boys? Yeah, I don't. It's not not going to take much yeah. to catch him. The Selkie. This is, for lack of a better term, this is the best defensive offenseman this season. Yeah, best defensive forward. It's yeah. I, so, this one, this one is always pretty interesting because you're not really looking. There's not really many stats that you can look at this. Say like, oh, this guy. There's you no, can look at the advanced stats, but yeah. there isn't like a you know you don't see points assists. It's not that. It, it you got to watch the games and look at the advanced. You know the Corsi stats, which I hate advanced statistics. By the way, uh, that's, yeah, that's a discussion. Despise for them. Um, you know. There isn't, there isn't anything for this forward back check this many times, broke up this many plays, because, because a lot of it's mental, right? Like maybe there was a two-on-one, but the forward that was back checked or the forward that was on the two-on-one felt somebody behind him, and then that messed up his shot or something like, like that. There's no stats for that. There's nothing you can record with numbers for that. So it's really no. just about who – It's play. Penalty kill yeah, exactly. penalty kills really, also it's purely... a kind of a big factor too. You need to be – and that's true. As we get into this penalty kill minutes, I, are I think indicator. I'll yeah. make my case on a very sneaky guy. I had Sean Couturier, but I'm sure Logan can talk good about him because he's very he's been very high on Couturier as well. So I have a guy who's kind of a sneaky pick too. So and penalty kill for him has been very strong. No, Bergeron? not Bergeron. Okay, I was gonna say because. Noah says Bergeron, right? I think I think Bergeron has a chance. Honestly, he has yeah, a chance. It's him. Year. It's him. <laughs> Kopitar. Yeah, every year, his name's uh, always. It's always those three are always the best. One those, of those three guys three. are the best two-way defense or forwards in the game. Except Ryan O'Reilly last season. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly He's not going to win this season. season. I'm not. He also won the co- he also won the cons last yes, year. Yes, yes, I know. Yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. We don't need to go over that. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Enough about enough about 2019. Rafi's a bit salty. When? All so, right. No. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to throw it to you, Logan. So go oh. right ahead. Sean Couturier had a breakout season in points last year, and this year, despite not being on the score sheet as often as he was last year, still is making an impact. I mean, you look at the guy's game, he is busting his butt blue line to blue line, goal line to goal line, every game, every shift. He's chasing pucks, he's going down deep. I really think this this guy showed showed himself to be the Selkie winner this year. I don't think there's much else to say. It's it it it's pretty black and white if you watch Flyers games like I did this year. He was by far their best defensive forward all season. There's not, no doubt. Yeah, there's not really much to say that about that, I'm going to agree with Logan. I think he's going to win uh, Selkie and Rafi. I think, actually, before I say that, I think that Bergeron is um, a dark horse that maybe definitely should, people should keep in mind. When for sure. Selkie. Yeah. His name's going to be in the, his, his, he's going to be a finalist for sure, like he Agreed. is basically mm-hmm. every season. But I think, I think Katuria is also a, a better defensive forward than Bergeron is. I'm curious to hear what Rafi has to say. Very dark horse. I do not think he's going to win it this year. Maybe he wins in the future, but a guy that's very sneaky, a guy you normally wouldn't think about, Anthony Sorelli of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And from research that I've done, he's actually a very solid defensive off forward. He is 92 takeaways to his 36 giveaways in his just career in general. He's been racking up points pretty well on, as, on the third line. He's also got a very good faceoff percentage. He has a he's never gone below a fifty two point six faceoff percentage, and even so, wow. so he's winning five. So he's winning over he's half of his face. Great in the faceoff zone. He has four shorthanded goals this year on the penalty kill. He's on their first line penalty kill, and I think those numbers kind of speak for themselves. That he is, I wouldn't say he's the number one candidate, but I, I'd say he could steal a few votes. I, I don't think he'll be. He might not be the candidate, but he's a he's a dark horse to steal some votes, in my opinion. I think he's got a good future. He really is a dark horse. I didn't yeah. think about him. I really didn't think about him. I love Anthony Sorelli. He's uh he was a rookie. This I year. believe I he's twenty three or twenty two. He's around that age. 
Last year, he, he's, very he, he's a young kid. This kid's – I remember, I mean, you look at an organization like Tampa Bay who right now has a lot of NHL-ready, NHL-signed guys where they really don't need to worry about their young depth. He is someone that is going to stay on that roster for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. you're, if you're the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning that took over Steve Eiserman's chair this offseason – you are trying everything you can in the future to keep that kid. If I see Anthony Sorelli on another team, I'm going to flip. It, if, you're, if you're a Lightning fan, you don't see yeah. Anthony on your team for the next five, six years. You should be really mad at your GM. This, that's for sure. No, like, like he, he, they're going to sign him. This is his second full season. They're a little strapped for This is his second full season. Yeah. Last year, he was a rookie. 44 points this year. He is good. Yep. Period. He is a sixty-point player. I I, I think he, that's his ceiling. He, that's he, his. Ceiling. He's a Jonathan yeah. Taze type his, player. His point, mm-hmm. his ceiling is a sixty-point and a very good penalty kill, first-line penalty kill. He he's he's a Jonathan Taze two-way forward. You see it. He's he, he's a centerman. He's a big-bodied centerman. He's young. He's, he's twenty-two years old. RFA this sig- year, which we will go into in a bit. He's a significantly. Yeah. He's significantly. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, it's it's gonna be that race is gonna be very interesting for uh, sure to see. I want to move on. Uh, I th- I think we have some differing opinions about the Rocket Richard. Uh, let's touch. Actually, let's touch on that real quick before we move on to the Jack Adams. I think that Ovechkin, Ovechkin and Pasternak mm-hmm. are tied right now with uh with I'm not sure how many actually, but I know that they're tied for the. 48 goals. Thank you. I know they're tied 48 goals for the league lead right now. And I think that Ovechkin will eventually pull ahead. I don't think it's going to end up being very close at the end. I think it's going to be more of a five, six, seven goal difference between uh, Austin Matthews is one down. I think Ovechkin is too good. And yeah, yeah. when I made my pick, I I chose David Pasternak just because of that firepower of the first line. But in all honesty, it, it, Ovechkin is the guy that everyone would want as the Rocket Richard. I would personally be fine with if either one wanted, really. I think just Alex Ovechkin is such a great, pure goal scorer, and he's just so dangerous. He's the best goal scorer of, 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 in the league's history. I don't care about Wayne Gretzky. He's significantly he better goal scorer. Wow. Yep. Far down. <laughs> that message. Yeah. He's the – Without a doubt, the best goal scorer of our of course, for sure. That's that's for sure. NHL history is debatable. He's definitely top five. Definitely I top that, five. Oh, that, that's without a David doubt. Pasternak, really good player too. I I do see Alex Ovechkin possibly edging him out, but they're both so great, and it, I think it could go either way. Austin Matthews, sneaky, one goal behind them with forty-seven. I I don't see him making any case to score a few more goals than they do. I, I think it's just going to be a, a great set if the season res- if there's regular season games. It's going to go right down to the wire. So it'll be definitely fun to keep your tabs on. Yep. I think uh, I, I think we're all in agreement. It's either one of those two guys. Nothing against Austin Matthews. David Posnock and Alex Ovechkin. There's something about their game that makes their shot significantly more lethal than Matthews. Mm-hmm. Matthews' is a shot. And I think it's gonna. I think it's their race for both of their races for the taking. Whether it's a tie between the two of them or one, Pasternak or Ovechkin edges out over the other. I think it's what one of their names is going to be. One or both of their names are going to be on that trophy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Jack Adams. Right. I, I, I'm with. I want to start honestly. Go I for it. Because I have a pick that I think a lot people are going to be surprised about, but I'm going to say David Quinn of the New York Rangers is going to take this. And the reason I say that is because if you look at their record, in the 18-19 season, they finished 7th of 8th. This this is Quinn's first year. They finished 7th of 8th uh, in their division. They were 32, 36, and 14. And they're even though they're only slightly better this year, and they finished in the same spot, they're on a huge upswing. And they are poised, maybe, to make the playoffs whereas they were completely out of it uh, last year. And really, even in, if you look at this season, no one really no one really was talking about them at the beginning of the season. It was like, oh, they're kind of just 
They have our, they have Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. That's about it. And that's about it. Yeah, people are saying Henrik Lundqvist is on a decline. Actually, they're still saying that. But the the Rangers have gone on a major upswing this season. I think that's a huge part of that is their players, but also part of it falls on the coach. I think David Quinn has been fantastic these past two seasons for the Rangers and keeping the morale high and pushing them forward to be their best. And I think that he's deserved of the Jack Adams trophy. I just want to make this clear, and this has nothing to do with this year's Jack Adams race. Rod Brendamore got snubbed for the Jack Adams last year. My pick for the Jack Adams this year, though, however, is uh, Dave Tippett, uh, Edmonton Oilers. I can see that. Yeah, that's another. First year, first year as the head coach. Look at what he did. It was a similar face of similar looking roster. So last season, they got a few different younger guys. Uh, their goalie situation changed up because they swapped Mike Smith and uh, Cam Talbot, right? Yeah. They swapped Smith and Talbot. Miko Koskinen is somehow their, you know, $3 million goalie or $3 million a year goalie. Uh, I don't think any coach was – I don't think – if you put any other coach's system in the Edmonton locker room this season, I don't think they'd have the same success. I don't think Quinville's. I don't think Laviolette. I don't think Elaine Vigneault. I don't think, you know, Rod Brendamore for that matter. Uh, or, or John Cooper, the Tampa Bay Lightning coach who led his team to a historic uh, record-tying season run last year. I think Dave Tippett's coaching style this year – helped and is going to keep Edmonton in the playoffs for seasons to come. And I think he's the coach they need in order to bring the locker room and the team to where they were, they have been expected to be since Connor McDavid yeah. was drafted. And I think for that reason, he should win the, uh, yeah, there is no the question that it's, it doesn't, that the coach position is not exactly all about the players that are performing. You need a very good coach in order to win cups. And I think, as Blackhawks fans, we can all attest to the fact that Joel Quinville, it wasn't just having Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze in their prime that helped us win that cup. It was definitely the coaching of Joel Quinville that helped as well. Noah? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm not going to say that Dave Tippett is not a great coach. I am just going to point out that he might lose a few votes because people are going to say, oh, but Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. I mean, so, I don't think I, it's I don't hard. Think that's the case. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's the case. I think he's been. I think he's a fantastic coach. I'm just saying that I'm not sure if he's actually going to win because the voters would be like, "Well, yes, but actually, he kind of." You need to imagine that's definitely a thought. Style. You need to. And you need coach, to think how that that's get carried? something okay. that's going through the minds though. Yeah. we have to all admit that they're going to go through all these things and they're going to have these yeah. kind of thoughts. Noah, continue. I think so. That's kind of why I voted Quinn because he took a eh, team, and even with obviously make the same argument with Artemi Panarin, but he's brought them to a playoff spot with the players as well. And I think Dave Tippett has also kind of done the same thing where the Oilers were what just out of the playoffs last year, I believe, and they were now sitting first or second in the uh, in their division this year. So props to Tippett. And obviously McDavid and Dryside will help, but Tippett's really been a strong leader in the in the locker room. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And Rafi Rafi, I know that um you have Yeah, Vig no one. You'd like if I did not butcher that up. any worse than I possibly could have. Yeah, Ele- 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 the Vignol, you're right. Philadelphia Flyers. Nice. And this was his first season as well, and the stuff that happened with the Philadelphia Flyers organization over the last year, few years to the upcoming this year has just been, it's been remarkable how we just took on the team and was able to go and shape this Flyers team to such a dangerous looking team. And if you look at the past few years of the Flyers starting in, let's say 2014 to 2015, they go from sixth in the Metro to fifth in the Metro to sixth in the Metro to third in the Metro to sixth in the Metro. No second round appearances, all lost in the first round. This year, you see kind of a trend with Philadelphia, how they're kind of like falling off a bit. You don't know where they're going. 
And then I think this push that they've had before the suspension of this nine-game win streak and an insane finish at the moment that pushes them basically, I believe, yeah, one point away from the Washington Capitals with the highest plus-minus in the Metropolitan. I think what the Flyers did in that last month shows a lot about the coaching because Philadelphia, we were starting to rule out before the trade deadline that Philadelphia was really cold. They, Pardon me. They weren't looking very good. They kind of were a bit sluggish, too much firepower at the start of the season. And it takes a good coach, a really good coach, to be able to get the team back on track and give them such a great energy that they have. And honestly, I would have picked the Flyers to make it pretty far in the Stanley Cup Finals if the season didn't have the suspension because he's just been – the coaching has just been phenomenal. And, yes, the players have been great, and Kata Hot is an amazing star, future star goaltender. But (laughs) – if you look at the past few years and you look at what what Aiden's done in his first year, I think it it's I think it's pretty clear cut that he deserves the Jack Adams. I said it last I said it last episode. I this is just touching on how you said about their playoff run. I I would not be surprised if uh season were to continue if they surpass the Washington Capitals to lead the Metro. And I would not be surprised at all yeah. if they made I, a deep run. I, it, I, I don't think it's completely out of the I don't think they'll make it past Boston. Boston. But I do see them playing Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals if the season resumes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I know mean, if I agree I, with you on – I don't okay. know if I'm going to agree with you on they're going to make it to the Cup Finals. But, but I will say – but I will say, because the playoffs, anything can happen in the playoffs. I will say that the Flyers are were extremely hot before the season, and they were poised yeah, to make and, a very deep cup run. Uh, had the season, see, and the, the thing is, not he's better than the Edmonton. Who's who are we talking about for Edmonton? I forgot his name. He's better than Tippett because Dave they Tippett. both had basically the same Tippett, success, yeah. but with the Flyers have worse players, and they're extremely hot still right now. And then he's better than Quinn right now because they're in a much better position entering the playoffs in air quotes than the Rangers are. So I just think overall, yeah. the fly, I, I think he's just much more clear cut. You guys have great candidates though. I will not take away from that. Good job for that. But when I, when I just see this, yeah. I just have to go not so fast. And big no is just looking like the clear cut winner. Okay. I, I mean, I yeah. think, I think we, we all did. made pretty fair cases. I think I really think any of those guys interchangeably could make a great mm-hmm. Jack Adams candidate this year. Oh, but I'm then again, we're not the ones voting, so I'm I'm glad we're not the ones voting because we'd be like, uh, nope, big no. Uh, let's just you know, <laughs> email, let's give it to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy, like Jeremy Collison, your job participation trophy, eh? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, God. yeah, he hasn't been that bad. <laughs> Collison, yeah, he hasn't been too Carlton? bad. Yeah. No, he, he, no. I, I, I. It's just I hard to back up. He, it's hard to get thrown under the bus for nothing. But we did, we did skip, we did skip the yep, trophy that I wanted true. to highlight before we go into our next topic about the Vesna. I think we we had talked a little bit about this last show in our free agent goalie discussion. I'm I'm looking at the stats, and I want to find somebody who's like come into the season, you know, doing really well and they've had great numbers better than some of the league leaders and I'm just looking looking I'm comparing everybody to Tuka Rask and I just like can't find anybody. Second second in save percentage the point nine two nine just under Kadobin's point nine three zero and he has the lowest goals against average. You cannot make an argument against Tuka Rask. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can make an argument, but no one's being too grasped this year. It's pretty good. I don't, I don't think. I can't imagine there's anybody who's who the commit. There, there are obviously going to be goalies. I don't think it's. Oh, of course animus, not. Um, but I don't think that. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to be. I, I mean, you have Vassy, you have Hellebuck, you have NHL twenty tournament god Ben Bishop, but I, I, I can't. You have Flurry too. <laughs> I just can't see anyone. Really dethroning Tugaras this season. I think he's just been he's just been too amazing. I mean, he's not top three in wins, but 
you where you can't even you can't even make the argument that he's on a better team than other goalies are at this point because he's just he's just been amazing. He he he's a dominant goalie. I I don't think I don't think you're wrong. I mean I I, I don't think anyone else should win the Vesna that isn't mm-hmm. named Tukarask this agree. year. If I'm being honest, I I think you know it, yeah yeah Tukarask period period. Exclamation mark! Whatever For the sure. heck you want to say. There you go. Yep. It is sad that he's possibly considering which is his contract here, but yeah, I have a good feeling that he's not going to leave until he, he's not going to leave until he wins a cup, another cup as a start, until he wins a cup as a starter. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. He's I wouldn't complain him, though. But it is sad. If you wanted to stay an extra five years, I, I wouldn't be upset about that at oh. all. <laughs> as long as he produces, I mean, hey, he could be a Martin Timmy Thomas play until he's Timmy Thomas. Exactly. Oh yeah, Tim Tim Thomas. And just like Roberto Luongo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't pull a Lundqvist. Uh, and, and like trail off. I think he can play for another ten seasons. No, Lundqvist is good. Lundqvist is good. We love you, Hendrick. Forty-seven. We year love old. you. You're you're you all still be playing on this podcast. Yes. And and Yomi is the goat. Still it's his team too. Oh my god! He can give himself a contract, a better contract than any. Cloud no. Yep. That is the ultimate flex, though. You play for yep. your own organization. <laughs> That is a, that is the biggest. That's almost as big of a flex as Cristiano Ronaldo just going to an isolated island to get away from everyone. Six feet is enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Six feet he is needs not enough. M- for hundreds Cristiano of miles Ronaldo, away, apparently. apparently. But island off Italy. <laughs> Moving on. Be too safe. <laughs> Moving on. Free agents forwards. Not a lot of names considering last season's mm-hmm. huge free agent market. Yeah, it was tried up a this bit. Year is it's the year of the of, RFA, or it's the follow up to the year of RFA. The last year, yeah, it is. It is. It I mean, really well, is I mean, the year last, of the last RFA. Year was the big year. So. Just... Well, yeah. the, it's another year of the RFA. I think safe to say there isn't a lot of unrestricted. I mean, you look at the unrestricted class. Big name right off the top, Taylor Hall. Mike Hoffman. Did you say Ryan Callahan? Miko Koivu. Ryan Callahan's 35. I didn't think he hasn't played any games. I know he's still a free agent, though. That's fair. And that that is a significant point. Michael Granlin for life. I loved his name so much that I'd say five or six years ago, I got a Tampa Bay Callahan jersey. I still have it with me. It's small, but. It's one of those like ones where it's you can't even you can't feel the logo. It's like printed onto the jersey, but I still have that. I still have, yeah, uh, I still have like, that like a, like jersey. Stick, though like I love his name. He's he's yeah, an amazing, yeah. amazing name. So that's my little t- tangent on uh, my love for fantastic. Ryan Callen. He'll always have a place in my heart. Wayne Simmons is a free agent this is year. Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk is, is a uh, U of A this season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hmm. Yeah, he's a U of A. You're right. Yep. Yeah, he's got. He's uh, Alex Galchenyuk is 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 due to get paid. By the way, I actually I I rescind that. I don't think he gets paid. <laughs> mm, I think he gets that a six million dollar awful. contract. Any, if anyone that, pays him that much, I will be absolutely dazzled. He gets a bridge deal. I think. I mean, I just think deal. he needs a proper change of scenery. He gets a, and that's I really why I think he, he gets a proper he gets a change of scenery. A two, three year deal. His game again. Actually, yeah. a two year deal. He's twenty six. That's why I said he doesn't get paid more than. Oh, six. I think he, he doesn't get paid more than six million. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. I, yeah, I, I know. I know. What I just I didn't hear you. Correctly. I know. I know what I said. So, <laughs> Mike Hoffman. Five point one million dollars. He'll get six, six and a half. I would love to see him in Blackhawk Red. I say he goes seven. I wouldn't be shocked if he signs a seven for seven. Five, six or seven. 
He's with, 30. He's not going to get you know, seven years. Someone's going to sign him for four years. For forwards, I wouldn't be shocked if a team that has enough cap space where this whole situation doesn't affect them too much. I wouldn't see them making – I wouldn't be shocked if someone makes a big move on Hoffman. I would be – I'd be a bit surprised if somebody made a giant move on Hoffman. I'm not saying like – I think that's a pretty – like by gi- by giant, you no, like no, like not, like an what? No, there. not an Artemi Panarin deal. I I like a seven million dollar like a Kevin Hayes deal. Okay, KP like, actually, he's not that bad. His shell rating's really bad in eighty two, but okay. I think he should be at least an eighty four. He's the first thing I trade. First thing I trade in Shell. <laughs> we could spend all day. Because yeah. that contract. We could spend all. I got to really? keep Borchek, and I got to keep Couturier oh. or Giroux and Couturier. Sure. Sure. That team wins cups. That team wins cups. KB Hills. All right, back, there's a lot of back to free agency. There's a lot Joe of old, there's a lot of old guys in the market. Ryan Callahan at 35. Miku Koivu. Marlow. Yeah, Miku Koivu at 37. Kovalchuk. Uh, Marlow. Yeah. Spezza. Nathan Horton. I think. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Horton. Horton and Clark. No, are, you just love playing. reviving. They, they no, just, you just yeah, love reviving. They're, they're still under contract. Ancient wonders of the league. <laughs> Yeah. Legends, legends, yeah. yeah, absolute legends. Talk. Speaking of old guys under contract, pardon me. <clears throat> Sorry, Ryan Reeves is thirty three, and he's, he's a grinder. Hmm. He is. Yeah. He's. Can you imagine him? Can you imagine the Capitals trading for him and having him and Tom Wilson on the same team? Jeez. Stop that. He's going on the blues. I don't want to think about it. I think I, I think there's two names on this list that everyone should be looking out for going into the offseason. Taylor Hall, Tyler Toffoli. Mm-hmm. I was going to say those exact two names. If you want, oh, you can Cody Eakin, very Eakin sneaky guy. You could. He's going to get Cody, paid, I mean, I'd say like three, four mil, but he, he's a good guy. He's a very good depth player. Very sneaky. Yes, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if you know Winnipeg tried to keep him just because he's a good, like you said, he's a good depth player, and for a team that has a very like that they, they, they got good forwards, they got okay the cap, forward though. depth. They need all the help they can get, especially cap coming space, into though. a season where that's going to be yeah. A, yeah. They're strapped for cap. That's going to be a big factor. Oh, sorry, Noah. Not bad. You know who I would love to see the Blackhawks pick up for, I don't know, two, three years? Hmm. Would be Connor Sheary. Would be a, I think he'd be a good addition to Blackhawks, or pretty much any team, uh, that he would join. Penguins are uh, lucky to have him right now. And I think that his skill set as a forward would actually benefit the Blackhawks, put him on the second or third line. And, well, bang, you have a, another Mm-hmm. forward who can help out your scoring. And I think we don't have too many offensive assist. prospects that are ready to make lower. We have guys that are very close, like Evan Barrett, but and uh, and yep, yeah, secure uh, Dylan Secura. And you have Kershev, yeah, well. who I'm very high on. But other than that, you don't really have too many yep. um, upcoming forwards. So yeah, if the Hawks decide to somehow, in some miracle way, the buyout does have the Kalpai's buyout happens. Sam Bowman doesn't drop the ball and gets rid of Seabrook. We'd we'd ha- freeze up another. Would six you Would you guys cap. be okay yeah. if we signed Sheary, but we had to trade Sod in order to do it? Yes. Um. Yes. I think I'd be okay. With let's that. say Sheary comes okay here for a. Let's do a four for four years, three million dollars or three and a half million dollars. Okay. Worth it. Because we can trade him. If it doesn't okay. work out, we can always trade him because he still yeah. has the upside. 28. He's a, what, he's 26, 28. That's right? why I decided, like, yeah, 4 for 20, 4. Or 28, I believe. He's 28. He's just in his prime. Mm-hmm. He's just in his prime. There mm-hmm. isn't a better time to have him on your team than now. You know, it's not like you're busting on him if he's a younger player. It's not like you're bringing in a rental. This is a guy that you're buying on to maybe jumpstart a small fire in the franchise right in his prime. It's it's the perfect time to sign a guy. 
and it's a perfect time to make to you know test test the waters with him. A contract like that, three four million, you can trade him off. Agree. Got to worry about retaining caps. Exactly. It's a pretty. It's a, I like Connor Sherry a lot. I think he was a really valuable piece to the 2017 run with the Penguins. Yep. I think that Blackhawks would be wise to at least go after him. I'm. Sod's been shopped around a lot. We have um, the cap. We have the cap to buy to get people. Robin Laner isn't on our books anymore. We would be foolish. I actually, I'm not going to say be foolish. We have the capability to let Crawford walk and give us another five million, or you know, five six million in space to play with, and not have to worry about you know. But let's be honest. Would you rather Crawford have for another two? If three you get million. rid of Crawford, you're yep. going to be paying a goalie more that you find. You're basically regaining. You're basically making if, no moves. If, if they let Crawford, if you lose Crawford, then, then Bowman five million dollar contract. You're gonna sign a goalie likely for six million because you need a starter. You're gonna. Th- I'm telling you, Bowman. If Bowman lets Crawford walk, we are in a complete yeah. rebuild. I agree. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. We we would be that- trusting our goalies. We'd be trusting Malcolm Subban. We'd be trusting Colin Delia. And we'd be, you know, exactly. It would be a Mm -hmm. strictly developmental here. Which, as much as it would suck, I'm not going to complain if that's how Bowman envisions it. But when has Bowman done a a smart smart thing that he would probably do if he were smart? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I want to make another. We have to go back a lot. I want to throw out another trading McLeod. Not smart RFA's that we are going to be seeing this upcoming off season. Last year, I believe we saw. I know for sure that Aho with the. Yeah, that was the only offer sheet. I would not. That be was shot. the only. There has been sheet. talks about Barzal getting yeah. offer sheeted. Matt but, Barzal will but, not but, leave but, the but, island. But I not, don't understand. I could see him getting off sheeted. I think this year we'll see a lot more offer sheets because we have a, a surplus of good RFAs this season. They're not the talent that we had last year, so I think more teams would be willing to sacrifice a second-round pick or even a third, maybe even a first or a third, first and a third, first, second, and a third to sign some of these RFAs because you have like guys like Ryan Strom who could be signed for like $4.2 million. That's a second-round pick. You have Kuba Leak. Dylan like, Strom, for that if, matter. Of, of course, we plan on signing him. I know. But I, I, I'm saying, I'm just saying, though. Go, I swear. If they let him go I'm, after trading Dominic I'm just Cahoon saying. I'm just saying, though. Before, like, I'm he gonna, could get, if he does make it to free agency as an RFA, he could receive, get the value of a second round pick for his contract. Sorelli, for sure, would get around that. So I see a lot of restricted free agents this year that are pretty good depth players and pretty good tops. Pretty good top six guys. No one really special besides Barzell, but yep. or Dubois at the matter. But I, I see some more offer sheets though in the future this off season. Yeah, like Burkowski's even someone like yeah Burkowski. his contract ceiling I'd say is around even four four like and a half, and that's around a second or a first round pick. So at the he's only twenty five too. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. that's a pretty good trade if you do that. So I say more teams would be more inclined to be willing to. Give up a exactly a okay pick or two for a pretty good player to sign. Yeah, I think the RFA. It would be hard too for teams uh, to hold on to these guys too. With the, the least. but even with the compliance buyout, if it does happen, I feel like a lot of teams are still going to have to make trades to free up cap space to sign their guys. The... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the cap space. Yep. All right. I think on that note, I'd say so. We about wrap that up. Wouldn't you say, boys? I agree. Yeah. Very good discussion. Uh, real quick, before we end the show, real quick, talk about each of our five favorite jerseys. Yeah. Not New Jerseys. I do have. I do have. Once favorite again, New Devils of all time. Great joke. Not the show. Love to talk it. about favorites, players. <laughs> Yep. Thanks, Rafi. (laughs) Back to you in the studio, Jim. Uh, (laughs) Top five NHL jerseys. I'm going to start off real quick. I'm going to list my five. I think the Hartford Whalers greens are the best jersey of all time. 
I think <laughs> wow. I think the Kachinas are number two. I think the Florida Panthers Reebok jerseys are one of my favorite jerseys. I think the Buffalo Sabres uh what's it called? The Raging Bull, not the Raging Bull, the uh the the Raging Buffalo, whatever whatever yeah, uh whatever yeah. it's called is my four. And my number five is okay. is, is flying. We skate. we had some we said we had some in there last year. I'm right allowed there. to go at the moment. I have the Kachina, obviously. It, I did it. my five top. I didn't really do it in an order. So you have the Kachina. You have the Anaheim Ducks alternate jersey this year, which is just beautiful. I really love the oh the purple the ones. oranges, the mighty ducks. Yeah. Very nice jerseys, uh, and oh, then the okay. a lot of bias yeah, yeah. for this one. But like, I ducks. think we all can do this. Right when this jersey came out, all of our mouths started to water. The Blackhawks Winter Classic jersey last year was amazing. I had to get one. I have my Debrinket one, really in close proximity to me at the moment. So I love that jersey a ton. I think it's. I'm so happy they made it their soon to be alternate, soon to be third jersey. It is. It's a it's very a underrated jersey. If you're not a Hawks fan, but I'd put it definitely in my top five personally. Then you do have the new Flying Skate one. Yeah. I love what they did, how they revamped it. And then, yeah, Logan, the Whalers, the new revamped Whalers logo, I'm a big fan of as well. A lot of revamping that I have. A lot of bringbacks that Adidas so, and the teams did a very yeah. great job of. The Adidas lines of the I tip my cap to how great they brought back these old jerseys. Yeah, it's very nice, honestly. I think in no particular order, because I haven't really figured it out yet, but I think the Kachina jerseys, the Arizona Coyotes, are fantastic. I think the one of my favorite all-time jerseys is the, the one purple the crown? gold LA Kings oh, okay. jersey. With Ooh, that the on age. Yeah, I think oh. that is a gorgeous I think that's a gorgeous jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love no. purple and gold of pretty much any combination. Filthy. It's, it's a gorgeous jersey. I think the, oh, I think the Buffalo Sabres, that is, Ficky, uh, are gorgeous. That and the, the Philly one the last year. The Philly one last year, they really are the gold was also give you that. beautiful, too. Both teams did a great job with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, I think the Mighty Ducks one is another fantastic one the orange one from the ducks and i don't know i think the wait wait whoa 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 you just i don't know if i wait. put it in my top Ooh, five are we on the same page no no i like that no, I, I, that's my the, five the least favorite one, that's yeah. terrible i i don't i yes. do this it is we yes, had this debate. That's an amazing jersey. I don't care about anyone. We had the says. same the, debate, the, right? The Edmonton those blue and oranges are great. For all you listening, this is the exact. This is a shortened version <laughs> yeah, of the did. exact conversation that probably lasted half an hour for no reason, other than <laughs> whether or not the jersey looks good or not. Noah, please continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I think the I think the Colorado Avalanche third jerseys are pretty nice. The Wait, the new the the, nice. the winter classic. I'm a big okay, fan okay. Of both of the... scared me. You really scared me. Not the me. new one. First no, you had the Edmonton not, one, not and the then classic one. those are garbage. Oh. Yeah. And then, and then I I really do like the Sharks and the Tampa Bay Lightning's blackout. It's a nice con- It's a good I think concept. Those are very cool. It's a good concept. I don't. I and I'm and I know Rocky. I know Rocky. Lightning know jerseys are practice jerseys. Say, nah, I don't like them, but I don't care. They look like a practice. I kind of like the lightning. They look jerseys. like a practice. I'll admit, everyone's opinion. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Well, That's what makes the USA okay. and Canada such great country. This is true. <laughs> Go us. Yes. Just them. No, this is a hockey on that, podcast. <laughs> on that. <laughs> true. True. This is not a well, we can, we'd have we to make a we'd, we'd have cut. to bring in uh, oh, one of our fellow politics talk live members. No, 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 no. Benjamin PK. Benjamin Marino. PK. God, no. I can't. We can't. Oh, Braden. Oh, oh yeah. I don't think. I don't think anyone <laughs> story for will another understand day. him, but that's a different story. <laughs> we do. Who knows? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Regardless, I think it's good to end on that somber note. Signing off today, I'm Logan Rosengard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. We do have an upload schedule Tuesday and Friday. So be sure to check our social media at GBN underscore Puck Talk Live. Or my mistake, not GBN underscore Puck Talk Live. It is just Puck Talk Live on Instagram. Be sure to follow us, like our pictures. Find us on Spotify, Puck Talk Live podcast. Uh, listen to it. It's great. Dude, or you're a Vancouver Canucks fan. Why am I telling you it's great? You know it's great. I'm Logan Rosengard. <laughs> I'm Logan Rosengard, Peace. signing off for today.